Blog Talk Radio. Because up until that point, which is about two and a half years ago, 
I had taken yoga for about five years, and I had taken the standard Ashtanga uh, type of yoga. Uh, I had taken Bikram once, and um, it was uh, it was quite a change from that type of yoga that I was accustomed to, and it was a change for many different reasons. First and foremost, I was told that each class in Kundalini Yoga uh, is different, meaning it's rare that you're ever going to have the same class. And while the more traditional types of yoga, like Hatha and Ashtanga, have a pattern to them, and Bikram is, I believe, a trademarked series of classes, which is always the same. In Ashtanga and Hatha Yoga, they're very often the same classes taught by the teacher. So it's quite predictable. The first thing I noticed then was that with Kundalini Yoga, the classes were going to be different. And I think Suri Rishi is coming on the air. Hello, is that you? (laughs) That's me. Hi, Robert. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I feel really good because I'm I'm actually at Golden Bridge and I just finished teaching, oh. and it feels like the appropriate place to sit and do this interview. Well, how wonderful! You know, I was just giving our listeners a little bit of a background as to how I got involved in Kundalini Yoga, and I was highlighting some of the differences that I noticed in my first Kundalini Yoga class. Wow, about two and a half years ago. Uh, so wow. it's an oppor- it's opportune that you you called this moment. Well, welcome to Monergy Life, Suri Rishi. Thank you, thank you, thank you for welcoming me. I'm really excited uh, to be here. It's a pleasure to have you on the air. And um, I was talking about Golden Bridge and giving a little bit of a, a promotion there. Um, <laughs> I was telling I was telling our listeners that a friend of the, the way I got to Golden Bridge was. A friend of mine was studying at Integral Yoga on West 13th Street, and and he was studying to be a yoga teacher. And he said, you know, Robert, you might like Golden Bridge. You may want to check it out. And, you know, it took me about a month or two to get over there, like with many things. You know, you you, you have to think about it and sift it through your mind. Okay, I want to try it. And what was so interesting was the first class that I took, first of all, I was told that all the classes are going to be different. And... That's quite distinguishable from the other types of yoga, the the Hatha Yoga Mm -hmm. and the Ashtanga, where pretty much it's a predictable type, a series of uh, postures that you take. Right. And the the other thing that got me during my first class was this thing called the bong. And at the end Mm. of the class, Mm. in in the relaxation period, and I have to tell our listeners, and you as well, Suri Rishi, that that bong Mm -hmm. had such an Mm -hmm. impact on me. In fact, I'm getting the chills talking about it because I'd never experienced anything like that. And it actually took me on a journey in my mind to Asia. I felt like I was, like, transported Mm. to Asia with that bong. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe it. I mean, the gong is like a portal. And so it makes sense that it affected you in that way. And that, I have to say, is it's such a powerful, powerful tool that we use. And it really does make a distinct difference between what we're doing in Kundalini Yoga compared to a lot of other styles. But, yeah, I'm not surprised. Right. Well, enough about about me. Enough about me and my experiences with Kundalini Yoga. This interview is about you, and I'd like to find out how you got involved in Kundalini Yoga. Wow. Okay, so 
well, with me, it was it was interesting. You know, I first started doing yoga when I was pregnant with my daughter, and that practice that I started with was a hatha practice. And at that time, I really didn't, um, in my mind, mentally, I couldn't afford to take classes. So I, like, would just, I had a home practice. And especially when my dog was born, I really needed to practice. It became like a medicine for me. Like, I knew I needed to do my practice, and it was only 20 minutes long. It was a very basic hatha yoga practice, which had, like, about seven, seven, seven sun salutations and then a few sitting postures like some wheel pose, some some um, uh, bow pose, and then, you know, tree pose. And it was basic. It was super basic. And how I, like, started working with that practice was, you know, every once in a while I'd take a class here, I'd take a class there, and I would learn a new posture, and I'd bring it into my practice. And if I didn't do this practice, I was off my rocker. Like, if I didn't practice for a week, I was completely emotionally a mess. And so I started yeah. realizing, wow, this practice is really important to me. I have to do it every day. Right. And that's what I did. I developed my own practice at home every day. And my daughter became very well trained <laughs> not to interfere mommy when she was doing yoga. But right. um, I wish I had trained her differently. I wish I wish now that I had, like, as a baby, if I there wasn't a lot of mommy and me classes around. So I wish I had been more inviting with her, even though she grew up doing yoga with me later on. But anyway, so that was for like four years that I had this Hatha practice. And then one day I was at East West Bookstore and I saw this video and it said Kundalini Yoga by Robbie Singh. And I was like, wow, this word Kundalini, of course I've heard it in different texts, but I don't really know what it is. And I don't know what Kundalini Yoga is. I've never heard of that. And so I bought the video and I took it home and I did that video and just about lost my mind in a good way. <laughs> like right. I was so in love, like went over the edge with what was being downloaded to me through doing the Kriya on that video. And well, what were some of the things like, that, uh, that stand out in your mind from, from your first experience? Well, one, it was the the Kriya was a navel workout, and it was pretty long Kriya. It was a lot of abdominal work that we were doing in that Kriya. But one of the things that, okay, I'm going to be very honest. Please do. <laughs> I feel a little crazy saying this, but it was extremely orgasmic. The energy you know, that was moving through my body. I, by the way, that's not the first time I've heard that from women about Kundalini Yoga. I'll tell yeah, you a funny story. I'll tell you a funny story about that after you finish with with your initial experience. Well, that's what happened. It was like very orgasmic and I remember calling all of my girlfriends being like, Oh my god, you have to do this yoga. <laughs> you have to go get this video. <laughs> Better than sex, right? <laughs> totally. It was crazy. It was amazing. It was it was so powerful, and after two weeks of doing it, I've always been an athletic person, you know, but after two weeks of doing that video, I did it every day. I saw my body change in a way that I've never seen it change before, and I saw muscles in areas I'd never seen muscle mass before. I was right. tight in areas I'd never been tight before, and it was just using my body in a totally different way, and it was I was hooked. After two weeks of doing the video, I called Robbie Singh, 
who I love because he always answers his phone, even till this day, if you call Ravi Singh's number, he will answer his phone, which oh. is so weird because we don't answer phones anymore, most people. Do you right. know what I mean? It's like even yeah, though we have cell phones, most people don't answer their phone, especially right. people who are like well-known. And Ravi Singh, I would say, is a pretty well-known teacher. But anyway, he answered his phone. This was 14 years and I said, I have to become a teacher. I need to teach this stuff. How do I do that? When are you ever going to do a teacher training in New York? And he was like, well, I'm in L.A. right now, and I'm moving back to New York next year, and I'll be doing teacher trainings when I get back. And I did. So I basically I did the videos, and I took classes here and there in New York. And then when he came back, he opened up a studio at that time. I think he called it Shakti Yoga or something. And I did my teacher training with him and um, kind of was hooked after that. That's an interesting story. So I promised you and the listeners my story about the orgasm and Kundalini Yoga, and and it's a recent story. It's not like – but I had invited somebody, a friend of mine, to take yoga, to take a Kundalini Yoga class, and she had never taken it before. And Mm -hmm. she came to class, and – you know, she seemed to be struggling with some of the things. You know, it's it's a, it's a novel thing for people if they're not used to it. And, True. And, yeah. and then the class was over, and she sort of, I said, well, how did you like it? And she just, like, she basically escaped from the class and really kind of embarrassed and didn't talk to me. And then I'm thinking, <laughs> something's going on, but I have no idea what it is. I found out the next day that, she was embarrassed for the same reason that you were elated (laughs) that that she had experienced some orgasmic pleasure. And I guess it was totally unexpected, you know, and embarrassing to her for some reason. And I I can't say that that's happened to me from doing Kundalini Yoga, but (laughs) then again, different instrument, you know. But Yeah, um, well, no, one thing I will say that's interesting is, you know, that was my experience back then and, and just being very innocent to what the energy is that we're moving, not knowing anything, not knowing what kundalini is, where kundalini yoga came from, having right. read anything. Right. When that experience happened, it was, it was to me, it was a pure just physical orgasm. It was unreal. Absolutely. Now, but for now some that, of our listeners that are unfamiliar with kundalini yoga, what is it and where does it come from? Well, that's the... The interesting part is now to be where I am today and understand what really, really happened and that anatomically what was really going on in my body mm-hmm. was that kundalini is your most potent energy in your body. It's the atomic energy inside of you. It's the creative force inside of your body that you were designed with from the beginning of time. And some people will refer to it as your highest potential energy. And so it what accesses, happens is I, it, it accesses that type of energy. Exactly. Basically. At it a higher voltage. It. Right. Right. It right. triggers it at a higher voltage than normal. Meaning we're always kundalini energy is always moving through us. That's just natural. Mm-hmm. Um it's creative energy. It's the it's the creative divine feminine energy that makes everything happen in the world. And it's always moving through us. But when okay, we time, practice time out. Time out. You mm-hmm. label it as feminine energy. Is that really accurate? No, no. I don't mean feminine. Um, I don't want to get too, like, don't think feminine as in woman, because male and female are in all of us. Right. The so male what do you mean when you say that? 
What I mean by that is there's Shakti energy and then there's Shiva energy. There's mm-hmm. male energy and there's there's um I wish I could use a different name other than male and female and I don't want us to get caught up in woman and man with those energies. Right. right. Because we all have we have those energies in all of us, meaning there's no man without female energy and there's no woman without male energy. Absolutely. So when I say this, I mean, basically, I'll just talk mythologically for a second. The belief is the sun energy, for instance, is steady and still and constant. The sun energy is a male energy. It's a male force. It's activating It's powerful. Nothing can happen without it, but it doesn't move. It's still. Moon energy is female energy. The moon energy waxes and wanes. It it changes. It's constantly changing. It's constantly creating. So the Shakti energy that I'm talking about is that creative force that is feminine force. And I don't even like using the word feminine anymore because Uh if you really knew what feminine meant, all women should stop using feminine. Really? It's not a good, it's, it's not a positive word for us. Really? No. In Latin, it means something very negative. Really? It means lack of faith. It means huh. lack of faith. No That's kidding. what it means in Latin. So I don't like using that word, but for lack of a better word at this moment, just to describe what I'm talking about, Shakti is the divine aspect of God in the female form. That's all it means. Mm-hmm. Shakti, and that's what Kundalini is. It's Shakti. It's Mother Shakti energy. Mother Shakti energy is all creative energy. Everything that's created on the planet comes through Shakti energy. Nothing can happen without it. Not to say the male aspect is dormant. No, nothing happens without both. But the Shakti is the part that moves. The male aspect is the uh-huh. I don't know but what I really wanted to say is that this Kundalini energy is the most potent aspect of ourselves and when we're practicing this yoga we're triggering heat in our body and we're creating this beautiful heat and that heat is what triggers the Kundalini energy to move up your spine in a higher voltage than normal so it's triggering this energy through heat and through breath and through movement, and then that energy starts to move and vibrate through the spine. And as it vibrates through the spine, sometimes for someone it's going to vibrate at a high voltage. For others it might vibrate at a slower voltage. It doesn't matter, but it's moving nonetheless. And when it moves, it's moving through the chakras, which are these beautiful energy centers that the body is made of and subtle bodies and it's moving through those chakras and as it moves through the chakras essentially what it's doing is it's clearing and blocking energy from the past from past lives from all kinds of stuff that we carry around with us without knowing so one thing that I fell in love with through Yogi Bhajan's teachings was when he said you can move energy without having to deal with the psychotherapy of moving it so it's not about mean? going back and it's not about not that there's anything wrong with therapy because I, I feel do it all. <laughs> do it all. Right. Do, get your healing on, go get your massages, you know, go to your therapist and do the yoga. Do it all if you need it. But what that means is 
in Kundalini Yoga, it's not about remembering the blocked energy and how the blocked energy got there. It's just about let's get in there and move it. Let's get through the energy. And And that's what he meant by that. And what I think maybe also he might have meant, and I'd like your opinion mm-hmm. on this too, is mm-hmm. there's there's no benefit in living in past energy. It, the mm-hmm. real benefit is living in the present energy that's available to you right at this moment. Nobody gets exactly. any mileage from rehashing the past. Right. And, you know, I've never heard him exactly say that, but yogically speaking, from a yogic point of view, that probably is exactly where he was coming from. I would because say so. Because yogically, yeah, yogically speaking, that's the objective. Let's just get into the present. Right. Let's get really neutral and let's get right. really present with now. And let's, let's not just, dig exactly. up the past. Exactly. Because the past is there, you know, and but it's not there at the same time. It's exactly. The, yogic, it, it, the, the path will have as much weight as you give it depending on your, right. your your mental and emotional focus. So if you don't Absolutely. give it much weight, it will just sort of be hanging out in the stratosphere, at, and at your discretion, you could revisit it if you want. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, there is the Akashic Records that people were so buzzed up about, and Akashic Records right. is all about recording everything, every thought, yeah. every, 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 every. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, I really believe that everything that's happened to each one of us is stored somewhere in the atmosphere. Uh, the Akashic Records, probably, that's the name that people give for all the, you know, all the, the things that have yeah. happened to everyone throughout all time. But I also mm-hmm. think it's optional how much you need to visit that, you know. And exactly, and I agree with you. Even, like, past-life regression stuff, you know, this is off the Kundalini road we're going, but but there's a lot of people that I've run into in our spiritual realms, you know, in our spiritual communities, and they really get into the past life regression stuff. And me personally, I think it's entertaining for a moment, you know. It's nice to know, oh, that's what was going on back then. Okay, cool. But at the same time, it's really important not to get caught up in it because it's, mm-hmm. it's more about where are you today? Who are you now? What are you doing yeah. now? Do you know what yeah. I mean? What are you living now? And on some level, I find... It's good to know some information, you know, maybe it can give you a key to now and to go deeper into now and to commit more to now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's even back to, let's get back on the Kundalini road, and that is, right. yeah, the past is the past, but the beauty of the style of yoga, or in general yoga, I think, I want to include all styles for this. I don't want to make it seem like only Kundalini does this because it's not true. But the beauty of it is using our body and using our breath and using these geometrical shapes, these ancient shapes that people have been using forever, for all kinds of who knows how long this technology has been here on this planet. It does not originate in one place for me. It's beyond that. And it's humanly human. It's a part of our human technology. It's a part of our tools to unlock, unlock, DNA memory of our highest potential and who we really are. And it moves energy so quickly. That's why they call Kundalini Yoga the cheater's yoga. The cheater's known yoga. Known as the cheater's yoga. Really? Yeah. I never heard that term before. <laughs> yes. People have referred to it as the cheater's yoga because you can raise your Kundalini energy very quickly. And because you, things happen fast in Kundalini Yoga. A lot of people that I've seen in classes, they come up to me and they say things like, is this normal? 
and they'll tell me how they're feeling or they'll tell me what they're experiencing and sometimes it's a flood of emotions sometimes it's it's not always happy sometimes people leave very sad and what is ha- what's happening is you're unlocking energy that you didn't know was there you're moving through energy that you may not have known was there that you were you know holding on to and it brings things up and it cleanses right. things out you know, in addition to that, you've sort of answered one of the questions I had um, prepared for our chat, which is what are some of the benefits of Kundalini Yoga? And in addition, I'd like to add that I believe that Kundalini Yoga is perhaps, if not one of the most strong, perhaps, let me go out on a limb here, it could even be the strongest healing modality available to humans. I think it's one. I think it's definitely one. I think it's definitely up there. I think what's interesting about what's happening with healing modalities is the more that we are evolving, the more information is starting to open up to us from ancient texts or from ancient ways. And I say ancient not in meaning ancients were very advanced, just like we are very advanced, just like we have advanced technology, they had advanced technology. Right. So I think that the more we are advancing spiritually and evolving, the more all these new modalities are going to start flooding us from different time periods. Because right. one thing I could say is Kundalini Yoga is definitely one of the most powerful healing modalities that I can think of yes. right now. I but totally there, agree. There's different styles of Qigong, just like there's different styles of yoga. Like, you know how yoga right now in the West, we probably do about 20 styles. But if we go to India, there's probably hundreds of styles of yoga that we don't know yet. Do you know what I mean? And Qigong is that way, too. Qigong, there's a few styles, but there's some styles that are, like, super radical and really powerful really healing. I've heard of that as well, actually. In fact, I knew a woman who was taking Qigong, mm-hmm. and she cured herself of cancer with it. I believe it. And I have to tell you, I did a tiny, inky-weensy bit of Qigong, mm-hmm. and I want to go back to it one day because it felt like the other side of Kundalini Yoga. When I was doing Qigong, I was able to understand Kundalini Yoga deeper. It's just like a language, you know? If right. you know more than one language, you, you start to understand your native language even more. And I feel that happened with Qigong. Like, I did Qigong, and I was able to understand the Kriyas better. I was able to understand the meridians. I was able to understand where this stuff came from. Because sometimes it's a mystery when you look at Kundalini Yoga and you look at Hatha Yoga. You're like, how did this happen? Do you know what I mean? Where did this come from? Because it doesn't look like Hatha Yoga. It doesn't look like Ashtanga Yoga. It doesn't look like Vinyasa Yoga. How did this happen? Where did this come from? Right, and well, what's so interesting at, about, yeah, well, Kundalini Yoga, what's so amazing is there must be two or 3,000 Kriyas, if not more. Uh, yeah, there's, so, there's hundreds. I don't know how many Kriyas there are, and I <laughs> right. know for sure that they have not let all of them out, I'm sure. I'm sure they're holding some back, <laughs> and they're going to bring some out more and more, you know? Like, there's right. bolts and bolts of recordings of Yogi Bhajan's teachings, Um videos and videos and videos after video. That's one thing I think that was so brilliant that he did before he transitioned. So many people were taking videos of him and recording all of his teachings from the beginning of time, since meaning 1969, since he started teaching 
people would be recording his his um, teachings manually. Right. And so, for our listeners who don't know, Yogi Bhajan is the um, is the practitioner who brought Kundalini Yoga to the United States in I think 1969. Uh, and right. First, it was 1969. And first went to California mm-hmm. when when I guess the hippies were in vogue <laughs> at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and he um, and and that's where it, it started to catch on. Uh, yeah, so he it, was he was a master yeah. teacher, master yogi, and um, he had been a master since he was since he was 16 years old, and he grew up in a Punjabi family in northern India, and um, he studied with amazing teachers. He even went up to the Himalayan mountains and studied all these with all these masters. And basically, 1969, by fluke, ended up in California because he was really supposed to stay in Canada. So it's just so divine that he ended up in California and he really like saw what was happening in the States. And he saw, he saw also, he talks about how he saw what was happening in the States before he even came here because he saw people coming to India all the time, you know, studying with all these gurus and, and looking for, you know, spiritual evolution. And, and he really kind of felt like people were being ripped off. He talks about how he felt like they were being ripped off. You know, they yes, weren't being taught the real technology. I hate to say this, but we're almost out of time. We're less than a minute to go, and we haven't even struck the, the surface of what I wanted to talk about. We must have okay. you on again. But let me tell our okay. listeners about your yoga center, Beloved Yoga Harlem, and your Rishi Beloved Rishi, Yogi, 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 Beloved Yogi Harlem, and your Rishi mm-hmm. Retreats in Costa Rica. Uh, what's the best yeah. way to get in touch with you if any of our listeners want to? Uh, the best way would be through email, which is siririshi.k at gmail, and that's S-I-R-I-R-I-S-H-I dot K at gmail. But both of those two lovely um, creative venues that I have have websites, so rishiretreats.com is one website, and then Beloved Yogi Harlem is my beautiful donation yoga Perfect. studio up in Harlem. has a website as well. Siri Rishi, as always, a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for coming on Monogy Life. Thank you to our listeners. Everybody, have a beautiful, beautiful evening. Thank you. Thank you so much, Robert. Thank you so much for bringing me. This has been awesome. I'm so my excited. Pleasure. I can't wait to come back. My pleasure. <laughs> I can't wait to have Do it you again. back. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. Bye. Good night. Satnam. <laughs>